at least if you're doing Spanish via Zoom, if you get nervous, you can just pretend like your audio went out and just start lip syncing. Don't give him any ideas. Well, the problem is that um, our, our teacher will just wait for you to come back. <laughs> and everyone will just sit there. Why doesn't she go on with the class? No, she'll wait for you to come back. So we've all tried it. <laughs> yeah, Don't that work. trick has been tried before. Good morning, everybody. Hi. Hi. We are also now live on Facebook, just so you all know. Good morning. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We have a bunch of people. We, you, on Zoom, you have to do a waiting room now. So we have a bunch of people. Oh, there's Pat. Already. I need to. Bethany, oh, if you made me a. Oh, oh, yeah. oh you know what? It's Hi, Sharon. Oh, yeah. It's my computer that is the other host. So maybe I should get off on that because I can't edit from my tablet. So I'm going to do that. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Oh, we just Randy. Oh, there's Randy. Hi, Randy. A few more people joining us. Good morning. Morning, everybody. <laughs> Good morning to you. Oh, there's Randy. Yeah, there's Randy. Randy. Hi, Randy. Hello. 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 Rob, my computer is saying that you are a co-host. Okay, I was just sending you that message. I um, it was I had two devices open, and it was only seeing my laptop as the co-host, so I logged off there. So, just let me know if it still appears that way, and I'll help monitor the waiting room and whatnot. Yes, Ruthie. Oh, Ruthie. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Barbara Kessel. Hi, yeah. Barb, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good. Are you now able to be out and about? Barbara? No, no, I, I work in a school and that's all I can um, put myself through. <laughs> For my own sanity. Nancy Carlson, how's your recovery coming? Good, thanks. Yeah, I just came back from a mile walk. Wow. It all counts. <laughs> That's great. So good morning, everyone. I'm sure as we move on, we will have others joining us. We also have others joining us on Facebook, but let us begin and worship a couple of details about Zoom. If uh, you like to see everyone all at once, uh, you'll want to be in gallery view. If you want to just highlight the person who is speaking, you'll want to be on speaker view, whatever you prefer. Uh, for most of the time, we're going to go ahead and mute you. In fact, I'm going to do that right now. Um, and that way we can hear best whatever is, whoever is speaking. Um, but if there is a time to all talk together, please feel free to unmute yourself. But I'm going to go ahead and mute everyone right now. And as we begin in worship, I invite you simply to take two or three deep breaths to center yourself in this place and in this space. And after we take two or three deep breaths, we will go ahead and join together in our opening hymn. Mm -hmm. 
well, there we have it. This is reality in the modern age. And uh, uh, as they say, I guess, no attention is bad attention. No news is good news or, is, uh, or any, any publicity is good publicity. So if we have further disruptions that become overwhelming, we'll just have to call it and you'll have to forgive us for that. But I think that's better than putting people through um, things that are, uh, that are uh, upsetting to see, we'll just put it that way. And we'll stream something else on YouTube or whatnot. But this is the time, and I'll just let Bethany make the executive decision on that. She's steering today. So if you feel that need, go for it. And then probably what we'll do is I'll, I'll happily, uh, uh, maybe Bethany will stream her sermon on Facebook Live and uh, I'll happy to do some prayers or something after that, but we'll play that by year. I think we're okay as long as we're live like this. The issue is we may not be able to use any of our pre-planned music or PowerPoints, but let's just see what happens. Fair enough. It's better when it's just us anyway, rather than all the, <laughs> the bells go. and whistles of the videos and the, and that sort of thing. So this is our time of discovery. Whether or not we have children on the Zoom right now, we may very well have children watching us on Facebook or might be watching us on YouTube at some point. So I do wanna share a time for the children. And I wanna tell you about a time some, uh, some years ago when I worked at what I often refer to as a summer camp, but this camp was actually year round. And uh, they did programming for schools and other kinds of groups in the winter. And so a couple of years, I worked year round there teaching uh, outdoor education and living history and environmental education to school children. But there were low periods in the season where they would reassign some of us to other duties. And I remember at one point, I got reassigned of all things to helping build a nature center. Now, if you're not chuckling right now, it's because you don't know me as well as you think you know me because someone like Jeff will know that I'm incredibly not handy. And anybody who would trust me with a hammer and a screwdriver is, is uh, at the bottom of the barrel of hired help. But I did help build this building. I put up some insulation. I did some roofing work and other uh, pieces like that closely supervised. And I will tell you, it was quite a sense of accomplishment. And I don't know if any of you kids or not kids have ever uh, built something and then gotten to go back and see it and say, hey, I was a part of that. It really feels special and empowering. Well, I want to talk to you today about how you can help build this thing that we call the church. And you might think, wait a minute, I thought we were having professionals build the church. Well, I don't mean it that way. We do have people who are trained building the church building but you can help build it in another way. And I'll explain. We're in this season at the church called stewardship. It's kind of a funny word. Maybe you haven't heard it before. It just means taking care of. And people of the church take care of it. They do all kinds of things to take care of it. They pray, they teach Sunday school, they sing in the choir, they, uh, help uh, serve people who are hungry. They stand up in the community for what's right and for helping people. And one other way people take care of the church is by giving some of their hard earned money to make sure that we can pay for all the things it takes to keep a church going. So we encourage everybody to be a part of that process 
because the church needs everybody's gifts, but also so that everybody can feel like they helped build that church. So even the youngest child and the oldest adult can say, I helped build that church by contributing in whatever way I could. So there's a practice that we've talked about before that I'd like to remind you of that may be helpful in your household. I have here some money. Oh, bad with the camera. There we go. This is play money, some money from a board game. And one thing that you can do in your house, which is really great, is you take the money that you have, maybe from your allowance or from some, some work you do around uh, uh, wherever you might do that, and you make three piles. And one pile is uh, to save. It's always good to practice saving up and not just spending everything you have. So you set that pile aside. And the next pile you might uh, use to spend on something that you'd like. Uh, maybe a treat at the store or, or something that's really special to you. Okay? Save that, it's your second pile. But there's a third pile. I wonder if you know what the third pile is for. The third pile is for giving away. So I know, uh, for example, uh, recently, our son took some of um, the money that he had set aside and we were gonna give it to wild care because he really cares about animals and nature and wanted to give some of that to help out there. There are all kinds of good causes you can think about for your third pile. And what I hope you think about is that the church could be part of your third pile too, or you could call it maybe your first pile because maybe the first thing we should do is give away and then save and then spend on ourselves. So maybe in the next week, you and your families, you sit down and talk about what stewardship means. You could talk about your three piles. And in doing so, you can think about our church and say, wow, I helped build that. Sound good? Go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. Amen. During this, our stewardship season, we are having a message from one of our congregants each week. And so we have a message from Amanda Stevens today. If you've just joined us, we were Zoom bombed earlier in our worship. So I'm going to try to play her message. We'll see if it works. Good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Amanda Stevens. I've been a member of Westminster for a few years and I'm a recently installed deacon. I actually think one of my very first Zoom calls right at the beginning of Shelter in Place 
was when our deacon class was inducted online. Very strange times, but still our wonderful, comforting Westminster Presbyterian Church. I wanna to talk to you today about Westminster community, stewardship, and what it all means to me. A few beginning notes on my personal history to start to explain why I give of my time, energy, and financially to Westminster. I was raised in Wisconsin and Texas, areas of the country where faith membership, whether Methodist, Episcopal, Catholic, Jewish, was just how life was structured and organized back then. As an example, my junior high social life went back and forth between Friday night youth group, bingo nights after CCCD at one of my friend's Catholic churches, Jewish high holidays at another friend's grandparents' house, I could continue. Religious and spiritual life was just woven into the fabric of life in a way that I didn't find or truthfully really search out as a young adult when I first moved to California. I sporadically tried a few churches when newly married to my husband, Bart Stevens, and with my children, Ava and Beckett, when they were young. But it wasn't until I found um, and started attending Westminster that I found the same feeling I had growing up in Wisconsin and Texas. I admit that it's a struggle sometimes to balance it all with sports and teens who want to sleep in and busy life commitments. But having a spiritual home and anchor is very important to me as a guiding principle in our high achieving, success oriented, worldly modern times. And yet in my early days at Westminster, I'll be honest, it was initially just about me and the peace and wisdom I got weekly from Robin Bethany's sermons. The peace of mind I got from others teaching and leading my children spiritually. I was more fair weather, used to attend church and just duck out after I got my very worthwhile and necessary fill. But as my children got older, and I started thinking about how and where I wanted to spend more of my free time, a quote a college friend told me came back to me. American entrepreneur and motivational speaker Roy Cohn once said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. It prompted me to think critically about how to intentionally plan on where I was spending free time and energy, who I would be surrounding myself with, did they share the same foundational values of faith and service. About that time, I joined the board of Joyful Heart Foundation, which was founded in 2004 by Law and Order SVU actress Mariska Hargitay to combat the epidemic of sexual assault, domestic violence, and child abuse in our country. But Joyful Heart's a national organization, and it was not the day-to-day -day service or community I was searching for. Of course, Westminster was always right here. And I had reached a point where I didn't want to just show up at church for one hour a week. So I began getting more involved by helping monthly with the Voyager Carmel burrito dinners that Carol Kaufman organizes, going to Wednesday morning Bible studies, where I really enjoyed spending time with um, other generations that I didn't often interact with. And I eventually answered the call to become a deacon. I really, really enjoyed getting to know the new deacons and elders in our 2020 class. Church members I would before only see from afar on Sundays. The nearness and simplicity of connecting and caring with them, being on prayer chain and learning more about the struggles and joys of more of our congregation. It's all pulled me more outside of myself and makes me think of what the recently departed Ruth Bader Ginsburg counseled. To do something outside yourself, something to repair tears in your community, something to make life a little better for people less fortunate than you. That, she says, that's what I think a meaningful life is, living not for oneself, but as one's community. Her words echo to me exactly what we're called to do as Christians. In Galatians 6.2, it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So today, 
I invite you to think of some similar things as you look at your group memberships, who and what values you're aligning yourself with, where your energy and resources are flowing, how you're being supported, especially during turbulent, unsettling 2020. What will be your anchor? I hope Westminster is at the top of your list, ahead of exercise groups, clubs, social groups. Of course, Westminster covers those also. And how will you build and care for that community? I hope you will all enjoy me, join me in sharing your time, energy, and financial resources to care for and steward this giving anchor of a community we all share in Westminster Presbyterian Church. So please fill out those um, stewardship um, cards or go online at wpctiburon.org. And thank you for listening to me. Um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. We've come to our time for sharing joys and concerns. And when we had our fuller capabilities at our disposal, uh, disposal, we were going to show a video, which I think we'll just skip, Bethany, is that okay? Um, I, have, I have that video on a separate PowerPoint, so it may be unaffected if you wanna try it. Okay, well, let's give it a try. And if we have any trouble, just cut it immediately and we'll do some other things as well. But it is World Communion Sunday. And so even though we're not sitting in the same room, one thing we can marvel at and connect to on a spiritual level is that people across the planet are taking communion today and are mindful of the expanse of that community. And so what we'll be doing in a moment is Bethany will be attempting to stream a video showing people across the globe taking part of this sacrament. And as we do so, I'll be lifting up prompts for your prayers. Now, prior to our hacking, we were gonna invite you to enter them in the chat. You may just wanna stay off that. But on Facebook, you could list them. At home, you can say them aloud or in the quiet of your heart, but it'll be a chance to share together. Uh, at the outset, uh, before we begin, or I guess as we begin, we, of course, pray for our leaders, the leaders of our country stricken by this new outbreak of the coronavirus. We pray for an awakening and perhaps an overdue grasping of the severity of this pandemic and its reach. We pray for leaders around the world this day and for those right in our backyards. And so with that, let us begin our prayer time together and this viewing of this global video. Remembering that we are truly part of one world where our fate is bound up with one another. We pray for those places near and far that are dear to our hearts, sites of fond memories and deep gladness.
we pray for those places in our world, near and far, on scales intimate and grand that are torn apart by violence or injustice. We pray for the pieces of God's creation that have been scarred by waste, careless extraction, pollution, and disregard. We pray for peoples that have been displaced by our changing of the planet in creatures losing their habitats. We pray for the human potential seen in every culture, potential for creativity, for caring, for working together, for building a more positive society. We pray for those of great power and those of virtually no power, remembering those with whom our Lord spent the most time. We pray for those who hunger for righteousness and those who merely hunger, for everyday heroes in our midst and those we intimately know, also for those who serve us whose names we'll never know. We join now, not only our hearts in prayer, but we join our voices with the prayer that your son taught us to pray, saying together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
wonderful. Thank you, Ruthie and Clark. Now, Jeff is going to share our scripture with us, but we have forced everyone muted, so we're going to have to unmute Jeff so he can share our scripture. Let me see if I can do that. I can do it, Bethany. Oh, Thank okay. you. And then, Bye. Jeff, let me, let me give one more try to this PowerPoint and see if the scripture will work. So just okay. one moment. As Bethany brings that up, I'll just say that our scripture reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 25. I'm going to read part of it and then pass it over to her. Please listen to what the Spirit may be saying to you this morning. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who were members of my family, you did it to me. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So we are in a series right now that is called Removing Roadblocks. Uh, we're taking a look at scripture passages that could be troubling and maybe impediments to our life of faith and trying to figure out what to do with them. So you may be wondering, why this passage? You know, there doesn't seem to be very much troubling about this passage, right? I mean, of course we're called to serve others. Of course we're called to, you know, look after the least of these. You know, those of us who grew up in the church have probably heard this particular passage since childhood. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, one of our recent Sunday school lessons focused on this very scripture passage. We talked about the importance of living with compassion for others. The kids had a nice little coloring page with one of the famous verses from this passage. Now, the scripture passage that we read in our Sunday school curriculum, however, stopped right where Jeff stopped today. You know, and when we hear this particular passage, we often focus only on this much of the story. We care for Jesus when we care for the least of these. But that's not actually where the whole passage ends. There is more to this story. 
So let's read the rest of this passage. Then he will say to those at his left hand, remember, the people have been separated to sheep and goats, right hand and left hand. So the people at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devils and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This too is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Now, I don't know about you, but this part of the passage is a little troubling to me. You know, this seems to be so filled with judgment. You know, if you haven't done these things, you're going to go away into eternal punishment. You know, I'd like to go ahead and just file this away under things I wish Jesus didn't say. But he did. And that being said, I have to say, I actually don't want to get too bogged down in what Jesus might have meant by eternal punishment, because there are lots of different ways to interpret that. Now, it's unlikely Jesus was talking about hell as we might think of hell today, because really the scriptures in general aren't that concerned with heaven and with hell. Now, some scholars say when Jesus was talking about eternal punishment, he meant separation from God. You know, when we do not care for the least of these, we are separated from God. And that very well could feel like eternal punishment. Now, other scholars say a more appropriate translation from the Greek is not actually punishment, but correction. Now, when we do not serve the least of these, we are called to correct our behavior. So as I said, lots of different theories, and we could probably spend all day considering what Jesus meant by eternal punishment. But I think if we do, we miss the main point of this passage. You know, what Jesus is teaching here is how important it is to serve our neighbor, how important it is to see Christ in our neighbor, all of our neighbors. Now, if we say we love God, if we say we follow Christ, then we must love our neighbor in concrete and in tangible ways, you know, by feeding, by visiting, by clothing. So I think maybe the real roadblock in this passage is not necessarily the judgment, not necessarily the threat of eternal punishment, whatever that might mean, 
but in fact, it's the challenge that it offers to us as Christians. Now, yes, many of us have heard this passage since we were children, but do we actually live it in our lives? Do we see the face of Christ in all people? Do we look beyond ourselves to serve and to care for one another? Because if we don't, we are not calling. We are not living as God calls us to live. You know, we are, in fact, separated from God. So I think we should be troubled by this passage and how it asks us to carefully examine our own lives of faith. Now, I had the opportunity recently to uh, hear a sermon by Bishop Michael Curry. I'm going to show you a picture of him. He's an Episcopal bishop. There he is. He uh, preached over Zoom about a week and a half ago, and I had the chance to hear his sermon. Such a powerful sermon. And he opened by saying that our country is currently dealing with not one, but three viruses. Now, the first virus he mentioned is perhaps the obvious one, you know, COVID-19. And then he said another virus that we are facing is the virus of racism. Sadly, this is not a new virus for our country, but it has come into public consciousness and public awareness in a new way in the year 2020. And then the last virus he explained is the virus of division. Now he said that our, our country is suffering from such a division that it is acting like a virus. And he says, this virus is all about selfishness, self-centeredness, the idea of my way or the highway and me being in the center of the universe and you simply being on the periphery. You know, Curry went as far as to say that America has resegregated itself, not in terms of race, but in terms of like-mindedness. Now, if you don't think like me, or if you don't agree with me, then I don't want anything to do with you. Now, after Curry laid out this issue, he then did offer a word of hope. You know, he said, and he believes that change can and will happen, but we have to decide as a people that we can do better. You know, we have to make the decision to choose God's dream instead of the nightmare that we have currently created. We have to make the decision to become beloved community and not, as Curry said, chaotic madness. You know, he quoted Martin Luther King Jr. We must learn to live together as brothers and sisters or perish together as fools. And we who call ourselves Christians must do this because we follow Jesus Christ. You know, Curry reminded us that Jesus has shown us the way beyond this madness and this self-centeredness. Jesus has shown us the way to live together as children created in the image and the likeness of God. Jesus has shown us the way to move beyond the chaos to living together in the kingdom of God. Part of the way that Jesus 
shows us the way is in this passage from Matthew's gospel. And we do this by really actually daring to live what Jesus taught, you know, by seeing Christ in all people, even those with whom we disagree, by serving all people, even those who are not like us. So a few very practical examples just from this past week. How do we do this? We do this by denouncing white supremacy and by taking tangible steps to dismantle the systemic racism in our country. We do this, as Rob already mentioned, by offering prayers that our president and our other leaders receive the health care that they need, whether or not we agree with their policies or their politics. We also do this by caring for all who are sick, working to ensure that everyone has access to the health care that they need. And on this World Communion Sunday, we do this by welcoming all people to the table, everyone, no exceptions. So this passage is challenging. It's meant to be challenging. You know, may it not be a roadblock though, but instead a call to action. Whatever you do to the least of my people, you do to me. Amen. Will you join me in singing together our doxology? Praise God indeed. And for those of you who are live on Zoom, I have, uh, I have filled the chat screen with more fitting messages so that you don't have to see what was there before. And you can again use it for anything you'd like to use it for. We are moving into a time of communion, which is the real gift of, for those who are on Zoom of doing. Where'd it go? other and wish each other peace in real time and then partake in real time. So in a moment we'll uh, dismiss those of you who are on Zoom into breakout rooms for just a couple of minutes to share the peace of Christ with one another, to introduce yourself if you don't know those in your room, if you'd like to share what you're using for communion you may, but particularly today on this World Communion Sunday we'd love it if you would name to each other 
a place that is near and dear to your heart and soul. And in doing so, we lift up the entire world in prayer. And then when we are brought back together, we will be met with the, uh, the sung response. This is the joyful feast of the people of the kingdom of God. And then we will engage in our liturgy, prayer, and partaking of the elements. So let us now share the peace of Christ to another wherever and whenever you are. Peace so, of Christ be with you. Rob, since we've forced everyone muted, do you think they'll, can, can you unforce them muted so they can talk to each other? And they're well, That's a great question. We'll see what happens. I'm about to cough, so I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> Gotta love technology. All right. Let's see what happens. I'll try. Well, don't do it yet. Oh, don't do it yet. Because I want to make sure I can. Um, I've tried it, so let's let's give it a shot. Okay, go for it. It's up to you. I think we're with Fred and Charlotte. Fred and Charlotte, are you there? Hmm, I can't see you. I don't know. Well, we are the ones being uh, videoed on Facebook, so oh. we, we should say something. Well, <laughs> Facebook. I don't know where Fred and Charlotte are, but that's okay. We can talk amongst ourselves. Okay. So, oh, oh, now it's just us. All right. Yes. So World Communion Sunday. Yes. So Rob's prompt was, actually, I was fiddling with the breakout rooms. I did not hear Rob's prompt. Did you hear it? Oh, um, yeah. A place that's meaningful to us. That's right. Thinking about World Communion Sunday. So do you have a place in mind? Not to put you on the spot. Yes, um, Elk, California. Oh, yes. Yes. Right up right. near Mendocino. Near Mendocino. It's a beautiful, peaceful place right on the ocean. Um, and yeah, that's a very meaningful place to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. How about you? Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if I have one specific place in mind, but I really enjoyed seeing the video during the, the prayer time. Mm, right. Um, you know, it's always, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting to think about, oh, World Communion Sunday, people are taking communion everywhere, but to really see, you know, people in all of these places and the different ways that they have communion. Um, hold on, someone's in our waiting room, so I'm going to admit them. There we go. Bruce Nelson may be joining us in just a moment. There he is. Um, but just really, hey, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. We're we're wishing the peace of Christ to one another, and, and to you. <laughs> Thank you, and also we're, to you. We're we're about to share in communion, uh, so we're we're sharing the peace. So it's good to see you. Glad to be here. Yeah, you, yeah, you wish it was all in person. <laughs> you arrived just in time for communion. Do you have something to eat and something to drink? I just finished, so I had my communion. <laughs> Perfect. We have our. I'll, I'll take the blessing anyhow. <laughs> uh, I grabbed. I grabbed a bagel, and then I. We actually have some grape juice, which we don't always have. So, I grabbed some grape juice as well. So, we are ready to roll. Ben loves Communion Sunday because grape juice appears in our house. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt. All of a sudden, we have all this yummy grape juice to share. Yay. Yes, he gets very excited. So is there a meaningful place to you, Bruce? Is there what? 
I didn't. Rob asked for us to discuss a meaningful place to us. A meaningful place. Oh, yep. Bruce. <laughs> yeah. That happened fast. Uh, a meaningful no. place to me is right here at home. All right. That's be better. Can I? Sorry, Bruce. But I think I was supposed to do that, right, Bethany? Okay. This is the joyful feast of the people of God. Come from the north and the south, come from the east and the west, come sit at the table in the kingdom of God. I am unmuted, so will you please join me? God be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to God. Let us give thanks to God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, as Christians everywhere and in every place gather around this wonderful meal, we thank you for your constant love for all you have made. At this table, may our lives be awakened to you, O oh God, to your love and to your kingdom, whose door is always open to all. As we eat this bread and drink this cup, may we see you in each other. May it not matter our differences or our way of doing things. May what matter today and every day be that we are one in you. And now, Gifted by the presence of your Holy Spirit, we offer ourselves to you as we unite our voices in song with the entire family of your faithful people everywhere. Holy, 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 my heart, my heart adores you. My heart knows how to say to you, you are holy, Lord. Friends, on the night of his arrest, Jesus took bread. And I'll invite you all now to take bread or whatever it is you're sharing for communion. Even hold it up if you're on Zoom for everyone to see. Those of you watching another form, we know that you are doing this as well. But Jesus took bread and having given thanks, he blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, after they had supped, Jesus took the cup. I invite you to take the cup now. And said, this cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Each time that you drink of it, remember me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's saving life, death, and resurrection 
until he comes. I invite you now to share in these elements with one another and with all who gather this day. Let us pray. Gracious one, even in the strangest of times, when we are separate in so many ways, you are relentless in your efforts to draw us back together. And so in drawing us to this common table, you draw us back to the blessed selves that we can be. You draw us back to that hunger and thirst for righteousness. You draw us back to that wellspring of forgiveness in Christ. You draw us back that you might push us out into the world as beacons of your grace, your reconciliation, your healing and your dreaming come true. So bless us as we leave this table. Amen. I'm gonna get Jeff unmuted now because he has a couple of announcements to share with us. Thank you, Bethany. Um, yeah, the first thing that we actually had already talked about uh, that we wanted to let everyone know is we are in need again and looking again for an AV or tech person. If today didn't show you that we have that need, I don't know what other day can. Uh, Bethany and Rob and I are happy to do this. We are efficient at some of these things, but it doesn't have to be just you. It could be someone you know, anyone who's willing to help us out with this, it would be really helpful. I'm, reminded uh, with the early church and the apostles as their responsibilities grew they recognized there are a lot of things that we're not particularly uh, skilled at doing or have the time to do and so those things were delegated to people who were better at them uh, so we're in a similar situation we would appreciate any help you can offer us with that uh, any of those tech needs that we have um, yeah Otherwise, there continues to be lots of things going on. Our pedal for protein just concluded. People rode anywhere from 15 to over 200 miles, Bill McLeod, and helped us raise hundreds of dollars for the local food banks. Thank you to that team. Uh, another group that's been feeding folks, our high schoolers and their families, along with our Friday morning men's group. We have been doing these bag of lunches that you may have heard about on Wednesdays. This Wednesday, if you can bring us a lunch, you might actually bring us the 5,000th lunch that we have collected since this pandemic began. That is a huge accomplishment for all of you. Uh, thank you to Jeff Healy and Elaine Catano, two of our high school leaders have been helping out with that. I tell people I have such little to do with it, I can't be there. They have taken that on and, and all of you who continue to give, we're so grateful for that, um, including our high school ministry, 
Uh, another FYI, our confirmation is beginning soon. So families of any high schooler who has not been confirmed yet, usually freshmen, but not necessarily, uh, please be in touch with Bethany regarding confirmation as we get ready to start that. Uh, and also for anyone else who's looking to explore what it means to join this congregation, what a wonderful time when someone says, when did you join? You can say, I joined in 2020. It was the only good thing that happened that year. So find some information on that. And later today, uh, lovers of animals, owners of animals, bring them by the Westminster Presbyterian Church parking lot. We will be blessing the animals this afternoon. Um, and we look forward to seeing all of you there. Thank you, Jeff. I, I hope you all noticed Rob was holding up treats. So there may be some treats for your pets if you come on by. Let's join together now in our closing <laughs> hymn. After worship, we will go ahead and unmute everyone and uh, keep the Zoom open for a little while if you want to greet one another. And as we go from this place, know that the love of God, who is our creator, Jesus Christ, our redeemer, the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, goes with us now and always. Peace be with you. Amen.